1: I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers six Baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Hunter
2: Jr. You're listening to the Old Angels podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is your boy, Daniel Garcia. Um, and it's another edition of the All Angels podcast and this one, uh, it's kind of like what we've been doing, uh, it's is a special interview podcast with some of the great uh, Angels prospects we've had this last season. So um, it's a best of, so a lot of these, if you have been subscribing and listening to us throughout the year, you probably already heard but I think it would be pretty cool to kind of hear the best of, a little bit snippet from everybody, all in one spot. And then if you haven't listened to them, if you haven't heard them, if you're a new listener, um, if you want to hear the whole interview, it's easy. However you listen to us, just go back. Uh, we usually put their name in the title, so go back and listen to that episode if you want to get the full length of the interview. Because right now it is a best of uh, prospects of the Angels organization that we talk to uh, this uh, this year. So, again, we're going to have Brandon Marsh, Jemai Jones, Chris Rodriguez, and Aaron Hernandez. So, again, thank those guys for giving giving us some time. And also thanks to Steve Wendt and the 66ers organization for letting us get involved, and getting close to these guys that way. That's how we met Jemai. That's how we met Brandon. So even though they're at the next level, we still have a pretty good relationship with them as far as being able to hit them up and be like, hey, can you talk for a little bit? And then, uh, they're always willing to give... Uh, some time for us to talk and for us to catch up. So that's why we're going to put this one out. But before we get to that, football is back. AB is in Oakland. Le'Veon is a Jet, and Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry have teamed up once again in Cleveland. One thing that hasn't changed though, where I'm putting placing my bets this season, my bookie is the place for to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has the best bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook. Period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicap super contest first place is guaranteed to win at least hundred thousand dollars and it only costs hundred dollars to enter all you got to do is pick five nfl games against the spread every week to climb up the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash pool prize i would only recommend a service to my listeners that have been good to me that's why my bookie is always the right play you bet you win they pay MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the under over on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Get up to $1,000 on your first deposit uh, when, you, when you put our promo code in. So if you put in uh, $100, you'll get an extra $100 to gamble with. So use promo code CHAIR. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit MyBookie online mybookie.ag that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e dot a-g and don't forget to use the promo code chair and when create when creating your profile to claim your bonus terms and conditions apply bet win get paid again um, thank you to MyBookie for the sponsorship and here is our first set of interviews uh, of the prospects for this year I'm here with Angel's uh, third round pick from last year, Aaron Hernandez. How are you doing?
1: Good. How about so? Good. Um,
2: around this time, last year, you know, this is when you get picked. Um, take me back to that time when you were, you know, waiting for the call and that, how that day went.
1: You know, I was actually just talking about my mom. My mom reminded me, I think, yesterday she texted me saying it's been a year already, and I was like, wow, it really has been a year. Uh, but it was fun. I remember being just like the week before just uh, – no, and it was right around the corner, something I've been work working my whole life for and then it was and it just came and it was a feeling I couldn't describe and it was probably the best feeling I've ever I've ever felt baseball wise. So it's a good day for me, a good day for my, my family as well, friends, everybody that supported me along the way. I mean it was fun, it was awesome.
2: Did you have an idea going into it what round or whereabout you would be picked or was it just all kind of let it happen?
1: Uh, they, I mean they tell you like where they think you're gonna go, and but I mean you don't know until you get the phone call and until it's set in stone. But I mean um, whether it was day one or last day or whatever, I was just happy to get the opportunity to play at the next level.
2: Now playing in college at Corpus Christi, uh, Texas A&M, um, and now your first year in the big leagues. Now, what's the biggest difference you think between you know high high college ball and then you know obviously
1: the, the uh, high A? I think it's just. Um, I think it's just the, the level of competition, you know, like everybody out here can can do a lot of good things in the baseball field. Not saying that people couldn't do that in college, but um, I mean, everybody's fighting to get to the same place, you know, so level of competition's a little higher. Um, and like I said, a lot of people can do a lot of different things in the baseball field, so it's it's a definitely a different level of competition, uh, but not not to, to bash it on competition I faced in high school because it was good. Um, but I guess just consistency would be the thing. Um, everybody's a little bit more consistent out here. Uh, so I'd say probably that's the biggest thing.
2: What's the biggest thing you've
1: worked on probably since since draft day to now, you think? Uh, just being able to command all the pitches inside the zone. Uh, had a little bit of a problem with that in college. But I uh, feel like I've, I've made a better stride towards it this year and just adjusting to everything, you know. So um, I, think I've, I think I've done that pretty well just, so far
2: now you know obviously being in the minor leagues you know the the bus rides are kind of what everyone knows the long bus rides what do you do to keep
1: yourself uh entertained i guess on on those rides um well i'm used to it in in college we we bust everywhere so driving from corpus to louisiana or corpus to norman oklahoma stuff like that so i mean we flew maybe one yeah one time my three years at corpus so um and we still had to drive to an air, two hours to an airport, Just, uh, but uh, I'm used to it, uh, just listening to music, um, watch YouTube maybe, maybe watch a movie, um, anything like that along those lines. Music of choice? Uh, anything future, uh, anything Drake, um, Migos, I listen to country, uh, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day. What about off
2: day? You're in a hotel and you're trying to pass time. Same thing, music, or you guys you binge-watch binge no, no, shows? Uh, or
1: No, I a bunch of Fortnite is played. Uh, That's
2: a big thing in this yeah, locker room. Yeah. I, the more and more people I'm talking to, I, I guess this is a young guys thing, but yeah. it's a more, uh, I hear it everywhere, every person I ask.
1: Yeah, we get after it. So a couple of us guys will get on and we'll play as squads or whatnot, or I'll play with some friends back home. Um, play that, or play it be the show. Um, basketball, Madden. Um, or I'll get out if I need a haircut I'll go do that just I don't know just relax and just getting away from baseball you know Xbox or PS4? Uh, I got both oh, okay. uh, but I, <laughs> I am more of a PS4 guy I left my Xbox at home uh, PS4 I've been playing that since the, the first Playstation so um, Sony for sure
2: Now, one way I noticed you out in the the outfield, and myself too, I noticed your tattoos, what's your first one, and and is there any kind of meaning behind it?
1: My first one was on my wrist. It was, um, it's a Bible scripture. Um, There's a lot of meaning behind it, Um, but that was my first one, and then I got them all over my body, so. What's the most recent one? The most recent one, um, my hand. I got a hand. I got a little rose in my hand, so uh, that one was probably top three most painful I've gotten. I was
2: going to ask, because yeah. I know some friends that got in that said the same thing, that's that's real painful. What, so
1: you just mentioned it. How would you rank, I guess, areas of tattoo-wise pain? I'd say the most painful one is the inside of the arm. Uh, really tender in there. Um, and I got a lot of detail on them, so I wasn't sitting there for 30, 45 minutes. It was three hours plus, so um, I'd probably say that. And then uh, the hand. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they all... They all all, they all sting a little bit, but I mean, it's all bearable in the end.
2: If you weren't playing baseball, what sport would you have picked up?
1: Either, well, I'm from Texas, so football so, yeah, is uh, But obvious. Uh, I'd say basketball or football. I mean, basketball, I would say probably because, I mean, you get to, or shoot, sorry. <laughs> you get to go out and uh, you play in an arena, you don't have to worry about weather, you're wearing a tank top and basketball shorts. Um,
2: and i guess guessing with Texas, with the weather it is, playing inside, it's a, it's a big deal? I mean, you don't have to worry
1: about it? Well, yeah, we don't have to worry about it over there either. You just got to worry about the heat and make sure you're hydrated. So, um, I don't know. Football, I was never fast enough. Or I think I played in high school, but I was never big enough. You know, I was 150 pounds soaking wet. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love football. I love, I love basketball. I love watching those two sports. Last one, um,
2: me and the guys that do the podcast, we like to collect bobbleheads, sign autographs, whatever. Is there anything you collect? um you know it doesn't necessarily be from sports but just anything in general shoes shoes i love big
1: sneaker head uh jordan Uh, jordans the Yeezys, um nikes anything like that uh i've always been a fan of them growing up uh a lot of them were overpriced so now that i'm making my own money and paychecks coming to me i can go ahead and spend some money on some shoes so uh yeah, shoes. I, I love to collect shoes. Anything that comes out, if I like them, uh, I usually get them. So.
2: Now you don't have to say exactly the number, but ballpark it.
1: How much, or not how much, but how many pairs do you think you have? Oof. Um. I would say I'm about 20 plus, maybe. Yeah. I, I brought most of them with me. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I'm gonna have. They're on 2K. I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to send some back home. Uh. But, uh, yeah, I'd say about about 20-plus. Like a lot of Vans, I wear those, those comfortable shoes. i fill up in the morning, feel a little lazy, just throw some Vans on or whatnot. And most of the time, I'll, I'll get dressed and look professional coming to the field. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you.
2: My next guest on the All Angels podcast is Chris Rodriguez, the number 17 prospect in the Angels organization, according to MLB.com. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Um, you know, we, we put something out on our Instagram yesterday once we figured out when we were going to do the interview. And I asked for some questions from, you know, our followers. and stuff. So one of them uh, from dot oh uh, nine wanted to ask, what is your draft story? So what what was the process for you when you got drafted in the fourth round in 2016?
3: Um, my draft process, it was, it was very, it was shocking. It was, uh, you know, coming into the draft, I wasn't, um, a high draft prospect. I, I was somebody who who came out out of nowhere. I didn't go to any showcases. So, um, you know, the draft process was pretty much in high school. My senior year, I just did everything I possibly could, and I, you know, I stuck to the I stuck to the plan. You know, I I grinded my way through, you know, the high school games, and then when the draft when the draft started coming along, I was just sitting and waiting and praying that I would get I would get picked up, and, you know, we were kind of just sitting there. We didn't know where we were going. All of a sudden, we hear uh, we hear my name called on TV, and, you know, we just – my mom told everybody to shut up because we were talking, and <laughs> we all heard my name, and
2: we all, we all celebrated. That's great. Uh, like you said, like, you weren't really highly, you know, uh, I guess scouted, but when you did start seeing some of these MLB scouts come through uh, and see you pitch, what was – what was your mindset for that game? Did you did you have a, a a nervousness to you? Did you feel like you had to like kind of overperform? What was your mindset when you saw these guys coming and you knew they were, you know, from uh major league baseball teams?
3: Uh I mean, I'll be lying right here if I said I, was, I wasn't nervous every time I would see them come. However, you know, the biggest thing is just uh to, to kind of, you know, take a step back and realize, okay, like This is the same game you've been playing for your whole life. So the biggest thing is not to do too much. But at the same time, you always want to, you know, carry that chip on your shoulder and, you know, always tell yourself that you got something to prove. And no matter if you're on top or on the bottom, you should always have something to prove and you're never on top. So that's my mentality when I see those guys.
2: Now, um, if you didn't sign out of high school, was there a college or uh, a couple colleges you were looking at to go, uh, you know, after you graduated from high school?
3: Uh, yes, I was uh, committed to uh, Jacksonville University in uh, Jacksonville, Florida.
2: It, it, was it important for you to stay close to home? Like obviously in Jacksonville. I mean, I know it's a little bit of a drive from Miami. It's on the other side of Florida. But was it kind of a, was that uh, a thing you wanted to do? Is try to stay as close to home as possible?
3: Um. Yes. Yes and no. I mean, I just like I said, my junior year, I wasn't really. You can ask a bunch of people this. In my junior year I wasn't very highly you know up there in the prospect list and I uh I kind of came out of nowhere so JU was kind of the first school to uh you know bring me on a visit and you know they did a great job and you know I fell in love with the coaching staff I fell in love with the guys so I was you know I just gave my commitment and my senior year you know I had some you know people you know coming up to me you know having interest, but you know, everybody knew my commitment was strong, and you know, no matter if Ju used the biggest school or the smallest school, you know, I was going to stick with them because they treated me well.
2: Now, with um, another person that asked a question, and you might know who this person is, because uh, his uh, his I had to look up his name because he looked familiar, About I'm not sure how to say his name. Kyle Bron. Uh, branovich yeah Yeah, kyle (laughs) branovich he wanted to ask a question and i was gonna ask this question anyways um why is your dog so much cooler than you and we're talking about little ace you know
3: know, it's funny we were were talking about that earlier today actually i saw him in the morning and he told me i'd ask that question and you know (laughs) the biggest thing is just you know i raised him to be that way so you know i i take complete credit like I take I take all the credit for that one. So you know he tried to he to come at me with something, but little does he know I'm not I'm not mad at it. <laughs> yeah, and
2: and and, and Ace, your, your golden retriever, has been pretty popular in Arizona. I mean, I've seen him in uh, stories on Instagram stories of Joe Adele, of uh, King Middleton, of Brandon Marsh. Uh, you know, it seems like everyone that was going through uh, had a little moment with Ace. Um, what made you get a, a dog while you're out there?
3: Oh, um, well, as you know. Yeah, it was my second year in Arizona, so I mean, the biggest thing was, you know, like I said, I like to be a positive person, so um, coming out here obviously wasn't great news, so I just tried to think of anything that would kind of keep me positive, and, you know, I have a huge love for dogs, so <clears throat> the first thing was in my mind was getting a dog, so once Ace walked up to me, I I was in love, so I picked him up, and, you know, honestly, he's been amazing to all the rehab guys, you know, the rehab guys have you know, really love them. That Every morning I come, if I don't bring Ace, they always ask him. They always ask me uh, why I, I don't bring Ace, and, you know, they're kind of upset if I don't bring him. But, but when he is there, you know, you know, puts a smile on their face, and, you know, just in case you're going through something rough, you know, they look at Ace, and hopefully it makes their day a little better. No, that's awesome
2: when I saw you, uh, you know, obviously – and get ace and stuff like that, but uh when you go up to the the medical staff where the your trainers at angel Sta are at over there at the complex how do you come across like, hey, is it cool if I bring my dog are they are they okay with it or are they kind of like uh ah, we'll we'll kind of see how it goes
3: well at first, it was you know you bring' them, you know you can bring'em you know once in a while when the when the, um when the complex isn't full and there's not a lot of guys so I was like, okay, I'd take that into consideration. So I'd bring him once or twice, but then, you know, every day I would get it. Like, every time he wasn't there, I would get a complaint like, hey, why didn't you bring Ace? Like, you know, my days are <laughs> counting on this. And, you know, guys mess, guy's are messing with me. So I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to bring him. However, you know, if they, you know, the upper the upper guys come up to me and they're like, hey, you can't bring Ace for this and this and that, then, you know, obviously you can't bring him. But, you know, they've been really good about that. And, you know, I think they've seen – um how positive aces impact could be on a couple guys there you know going through a rough time
2: yeah it's almost like the uh, the unofficial mascot of uh the, the arizona Car- uh, arizona uh, angels it seems like at a, oh, yeah. at a time
4: hey what's up johnny catfish here ambassador for groom goon beard and body care are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groomgoon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it, go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code catfish the all one word, catfish the receive 15% off your purchase why choose groom goon well because your beard deserves it
3: Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every
2: Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. My next guest on the All Angels podcast is the Angels number six prospect by MLB.com, Jermiah Jones. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing well. How are you doing right now?
2: Doing really good, really good. For, I don't know how much you were aware of it or, or have heard about it before you got drafted, but the Angels farm system, you know, probably five, six years ago, wasn't necessarily... Um, Good. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, rankings had him, you know, last or close to last. But now with the new influx of talent, uh, including yourself, including Brandon, including Joe, um, to hear someone like Mike Trout at his press conference when he signed the extension, saying that one of the main reasons why he did was he saw the the talent coming up through the system and to be part of that, how does that make you feel?
4: Uh, it makes me feel great. I mean, the last two spring trainings, I got to play beside Mike and and he's an unbelievable guy just as much as he is an unbelievable talent on the field so hearing it come from someone who undoubtedly in my mind is the best player in baseball it speaks volumes it speaks volumes to every single person in the front office of the Angels doing their job with the amateur scouting and making sure that they're going after guys that they think have a big impact in 3 4 5 years and also to every single person who works in an Angels organization from a strength side, from a training side, from a medical staff, even to a, so much as a video guy throughout various affiliates in Arizona, that they're doing their jobs so well that our, our organization is able to go from what people claim to not have a lot of talent to now is starting to wonder what's going on over the, on the angel side and we're getting praise from guys like Mike Trout, it's, uh, it's an honor. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a player that I definitely want to play side-by-side side with on, on the field at some point that's not in a spring training game. That I'm actually able to get the chance to learn from a guy like him, learn from several other guys on, on the big league side, Simba, Otani, Tommy, Up. I mean, I could go on and name the entire team and go on and name several people that have, that have impacted the game and impacted the organization. That I would love to play a side or love to play alongside with I mean that's the end goal that's the goal that I want to attain and hopefully it's in uh the near future but for now, just control what I can control and whatever happens uh if I'm meant to be there, I'll be there if not, then I guess we'll figure out uh what's the next step.
2: One thing we like to do also on the podcast is ask these guys who we who we talk to, especially the prospects, kind of like their draft story, draft draft day story, if you will. So you were drafted uh, the second round in, in 2015. Do you remember that day, the day lead, or you know maybe days leading up to it, and and how you felt?
4: Uh, yeah, uh, I literally can remember like it's yesterday. Um, I was about as nervous as I've ever been in my entire life, <laughs> and, and everyone talks about you know, draft day is such a great day and draft day is, is the day that ultimately changed my life for forever. But, but nobody ever talks about the nerves and no one ever talks about the anxiousness and all the emotions that you're feeling as as someone who could potentially get a chance to not only live out their dream, but also get a chance to get their first taste of, of being an adult at at the age of 17. So my junior year of high school, I was fortunate enough that my brother was able to get drafted by the Lions uh, out of Notre Dame for football. So I was able to talk to him and kind of see how he was on his draft day and the emotions that he felt, and kind of talk through everything because because I knew that there was a a chance that I could, and I wanted to try and mentally prepare myself for for the events to come. So after that, a year later, uh, June seventh, I'm I'm sitting there at uh, at a guy that I. Consider my grandfather, his name's uh Tom Hare, he was my summer boy coach all throughout uh, my life, and he's still one of the most important people in my life. Uh, I remember sitting at his house, uh, my travel team's over, some of the guys from my high school team are over, and I have my family there and draft day starts. You know guys are going off the board, guys are going off the board, and I'm sending out text messages to my buddies who are going I'm making phone calls to my buddies that are going and and seeing their dreams being, being turned into a reality, just drastic after drastic, after drastic. And, uh, you know, it's getting late. Uh my, my oldest brother called me, he's like, Hey, I got practice in the morning. I got to get some rest, but we're going to try and stay up as long as we can. And, uh, you know, it gets to about pick 60. I see my buddy, uh, Nick Niter go, I give him a call. I'm freaking out. And a little later, uh, I get a phone call around like 664 ish, and I was like, oh man, I'm free. Like, I'm, I'm my hand was shaking, I was sweating, I was freaking out. Uh, my agency calls and they say, hey, Jam, how you doing? And I'm like, honestly, I'm terrible right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm nervous. I'm not eating. Like, everyone's having a good time, and I'm over here uh, in the back room trying to just just breathe and just have a moment to myself before all the commotion starts you know every single tv's on every single tv's turned up volume wise and and i i removed myself from the room to pick up this phone call and he said hey uh i'm hoping that this will take some relief off your shoulders if you don't get picked pick 69 to the a's he's like you're going to go pick 70 to the angels how does that sound? And, and I didn't, I remember not saying anything probably for the first five seconds, uh, <laughs> the first five seconds after he told me that to just get my mind on what I was going to say next. Yeah. I, I felt like I went brain dead for a second. <laughs> he was like, you good. I'm like, yeah. Like that's, I was like, that's amazing. I can't tell you how excited I am. And so I hang up the phone I walk back into the room. Everyone starts talking. What's going on? What's going on? Tell me, tell me. I didn't say anything. And, you know, my mom comes over and she's like, what's going on? And uh, I'm like, just wait. It'll happen soon. So she starts freaking out. One of my best friends that I grew up with comes over. He's like, dude, you got to tell me, like, I'm your best friend. Like, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I told him, I was like, guys, uh, this next pick, um, I'm going to go to the Angels. And so everyone takes out their phones and
2: uh, – Starts recording in bed and they're taking pictures.
4: Yeah, they, they start recording and everything and they stand up and they're like with the 70th pick of the the uh, 2015 amateur draft, the Los Angeles Angels Anaheim Select uh, outfielder Jemai Jones. And uh, that, was, that was it. Uh, my, heart, my heart was beating out of my chest. Uh, I finally felt relieved I ate uh, several plates of food and I was able actually to just I mean I couldn't I couldn't keep the smile off my face so just the fact that they were able to give me the opportunity to do that it it, it definitely makes me happy and I you know I owe the angels a lot for for getting me where I am today and being able to ultimately live out my live out my dream of playing professional baseball and hopefully one day playing the uh major leagues for a while
2: so we are rejoined by angels prospect and I, i'm guessing it's gonna be the second prospect in the angels organization now that uh griffin canning has got up to the major league level uh brandon marsh how you doing
0: i'm doing great how about you man
2: good 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 and you mentioned it defensively you, you know you're kind of the same person you are and and Listening to the radio broadcast, the TV broadcast, of when you were in spring training, that seemed to be the big thing that the broadcasters pointed out was your defensive placement, uh, your range, your arm. Is that something you take pride in? Uh, probably maybe, maybe a little more so than the offense, is your defense?
0: Well, I always I grew up like a, a very, like, relatively smaller kid. So I had to be you like, small? I had to be like I a scrapper. I no, yeah, <laughs>
2: dude, you know? I kind of see that
0: you being small. I didn't grow until my senior in high school. That's when like things started to change for me. But it was I had to take like pride in the things that I could do. So like hitting was always hard for me. Just be like I was just like a slap hitter type deal, you know. So defensively, I could run, I could throw, and that was basically all I needed to like be successful at the level that I was at at the time. And or to stand out, you know. So I, I, I've always taken a lot of pride in defense, my defensive work. I, that's that's what really that, that that's what that's what's gotten me to like what I believe is just being to being drafted. You know, is just just having grit and just being defensively sound.
2: Right. You so, know. Yeah, and it shows. Like, it, like I've seen you a handful of times that when you're down in Inland Empire and that defensive, you know, your arm, your movement, everything seemed like very advanced for that that level so to see you have success with that you know on the on the upper levels isn't really surprising at all so one thing i I've, I've learned from from you that i didn't really know beforehand is that um you're not the only great athlete in your family your sister's doing <laughs> crazy things that do talk about her for a second oh
0: yeah so no we're all very proud of my sister and her her accomplishments so far at duke yeah she's so she's only a sophomore and she got to compete in nationals in uh texas this past week and she did a great job I was watching every every event on my phone and I went to a little local like burger joint a little bar and grill place and watched her on TV on ESPN and it's just crazy seeing my my little sister on TV and I'm I'm in a uh, minor league the minor leagues of a uh, major league baseball and i'm just you know just grinding it out and she's on tv on espn (laughs) she's doing her thing
2: but
0: she's no she's incredible man she runs in a few events um you know she's having a great time made a lot of good friends up there and uh we're all very proud of her she's amazing
2: how how competitive was that household growing up were you guys always competing Mm -hmm. whether it be like races running or whatever baseball basketball whatever were you guys really competitive growing up
0: oh yeah she would she would come so she was a cheerleader growing up she also played softball she didn't start running track till high school but she uh she was a cheerleader for one of the local uh football teams that i that i played for and she would come to practice every thursday and literally race us guys and beat off <laughs> it was it was like we'd race we practice on a baseball field uh on the outfield of a baseball field at one of our, like, local parks in the area, and we would run from second base to the right foul pole line, you know, stuff like that, or, you know, just from foul pole to foul pole, and she would literally bust almost everyone on the football team, and it was just, you know, my dad would give me a lot of, he he would just, you know, nagging me just about how my sister's just faster and stuff like that. No, but I'll get her now, though. She, yeah, she can't get me now. So,
2: so you're you're, <laughs> you're faster now. You got you got the speed over her. No, I don't. I don't know. We haven't ran in
0: years, but she's uh, she she'll get me anything over 100 meters. I think, but okay. I think I'll get her in the short distance.
2: Okay, yeah, I, I'm guessing that had to be some really competitive, you know, Thanksgiving family get together kind of stuff where.
0: One hundred percent.
2: That that's great to hear. That, I, I I saw that almost and I, I was following along with her too on, on last weekend. Um and it's she does what the head so that's seven different seven right? Seven yes. different and that's just that's absolutely crazy. There's two, you know, crazy athletes in in one family. That's that's awesome. How how is the minor league life like you you say that you go into uh Mobile or you maybe even traveling into Mississippi, Jacksonville or wherever? Um how is the travel, I think, one, one of your teammates, uh, what was it, uh, his name is escaping me. Jack Kruger. Yeah, Jack Kruger posted something on his Instagram a little while back and kind of said it from like his point of view where you guys play a game and then boom, you're on the bus for you know, five, six hours. Like how, Six
0: more hours. How, yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. How, how, how does that, how, how do you deal with that? You knowing that you have a game and then you're going to be in a tight, and you're, you're a tall guy, in tight little quarters for, you know, like you said, six hours
0: yeah I mean there's a lot of things that that go unnoticed with uh what we do as players uh a lot of people think you know we're playing professional baseball, we're living a life when it's actually it's it's a very hard hard life to to live and to do every day, especially being a sport where we as a hitter where we fail seventy percent of the time and we're a hall of famer, you know but there's a lot of things that go into it like like you said. Me being like a bigger guy, being squished in the middle seat or on the floor, you know, going six hours to go to Chattanooga or to go to Jacksonville, and then played bull header in Jacksonville. Then that night, travel through the night six hours to Chattanooga, and then go play there the next day without any rest. I mean, it's it's tough, but the thing that to answer your question, like what gets us through it is, you know, just the bigger picture is. Playing under those under those lights in Anaheim, that that's that's what that's what keeps us going. Our families, all the support groups we have behind us, stuff like that. That's we, we do it. We do it for those reasons.
2: Yeah, and like you said, minor leaguers. I don't think people understand the the struggle that you guys go through as far as like that mm-hmm. and the bus. You know, people think baseball player. Oh, they get on a plane and they fly to wherever they need to get to, and that's not the case, especially with the lower levels. And those were the best of interviews uh, for this season uh, prospect wise. So thanks again to all the guys that are able to take time for us. So again, uh, Jemiah Jones, Chris Rodriguez, Aaron Hernandez, and, and Brandon Marsh for uh, sitting down, talking with us and letting us uh, kind of catch up and get to know them uh, outside of just the, the baseball part of it, but get to actually know stuff they enjoy, things they like, that they don't like, uh, you know, letting them in us to talk about their family and stuff like that too. So thank you guys again. But uh, with the best prospect uh, podcast that we have out there. And again, if you want to listen to the whole interview, go ahead and go back uh, in our history, however you're listening to it, and, and go ahead and listen to it that way because this is just a small sample of what we talked about, a couple questions for each guy. Um, so again, uh, ask a, we're asking people out there to rate, review, uh, subscribe, Uh, Tell a buddy, help us spread the word. So next season, we're able to get more of these guys and able to kind of spread it with a bigger group of people out there. But before we go, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Want to increase your performance and get a little extra confidence in bed? Well, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-acceptable improved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work twice as fast as a regular pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you can afford a little extra benefit and confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. BlueChew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in a pharmacy line and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the US and, Blue, and since BlueChew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special code armchair. Just pay $5 in the shipping. And that's B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast and many other podcasts out there. So, again, check that out. Um, thank you guys for listening. Again, we're going to be back, I believe, Thursday for our normal interview, but uh, this was the best of Angels prospects uh, this year. but So we're going to take off, and I'll see you later.